Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Resilient Leaders Podcast, where resilience in leadership is not simply a good idea, it's absolutely required. I'm your host, J.R. Briggs, founder of Kairos Partnerships, a team of leaders who are committed to helping hungry leaders like you to flourish and grow in your leadership capabilities, helping you overcome challenges that you may have in your unique leadership context. Now, In addition to serving as host of this weekly podcast, I lead our team, which offers coaching, consulting, teaching, training, equipping uh, of various leaders in various ways. If that interests you, you can always check out more of what we're doing at kairospartnerships.org. And that's also information in the show notes like we have it in every episode. Now, I love to read. You know that leaders are readers. And I there is a book that I read in 2022. I keep going back to it was the best book that I read in 2022 by Arthur Brooks titled From Strength to Strength: Finding Success, Happiness, and Deep Purpose in the Second Half of Life. The leaders that I coach know that I reference this book regularly when I speak or teach. I reference this book regularly as well. It's a fantastic book. He doesn't focus necessarily on the concept of resilience centrally, but he touches on it throughout. I'm a big Arthur Brooks fan. I have been for a while, but this book was the book of the year, and I highly, highly recommend it. Now, what I want to do on this episode is actually read from chapter two, where he talks about what he calls the second curve. Let me read some passages from chapter two to help us think through this idea of how do we move from strength to strength. In 1971, there was a gentleman by by the name of Cattell, and he published a book entitled Abilities, Their Structure, Growth, and Action. And in the book, he posited that there were two types of intelligence that people possess, but but at greater abundance at different points in life. The first Cattell called was fluid intelligence, defined as the ability to reason, think flexibly, and to solve novel problems. It is what we commonly think of as raw smarts, And researchers find that it's associated with both reading and mathematical abilities. Innovators typically have an abundance of fluid intelligence. And Cattell, who specialized in intelligence testing, observed that it was highest relatively early in adulthood and then diminished rapidly starting in one's 30s and 40s. Now, if you've experienced professional success in your life, in the early part of your career, and your job involved new ideas or solving hard hard problems, you probably have fluid intelligence. Now, unfortunately, as we have seen in abundant detail, you generally can't maintain this the older that you get. That sounds like bad news, but stay with me, listeners. Fluid intelligence isn't the only kind of intelligence that there is. The second one is called crystallized intelligence. And Cattell defined this as the ability to use a stock of knowledge learned in the past. And crystallized intelligence is relying as it does on a stock of knowledge, but it tends to increase with age throughout one's 40s, 50s, and 60s, and it does not diminish until quite late in life, if at all. So Arthur Brooks translates what Cattell is saying. He's saying that when you're young, you have raw smarts, fluid intelligence, and when you're old, you have wisdom crystallized intelligence. And when you're young, you can generate lots of facts. And when you're old, you know what they mean and how to use them. Now, if your career relies solely on fluid intelligence, it's true that you will peak and decline pretty early. 
But if your career requires crystallized intelligence, or if you can repurpose your professional life to rely on crystallized intelligence, your peak will come later, but your decline will happen much, much later, if ever. And if you can go from one type of intelligence to another, well, you've cracked the code according to Arthur Brooks. Almost without fail, you will notice the decline in the fluid intelligence portion. However, there's, there always exists the ability to redesign your career, less on innovation and more on instruction as the years pass, thus playing on your strengths with age. Now, think about the teaching profession. Teaching, the teaching profession is one in which, again, requires verbal skill and a gift of explaining large amounts of accumulated information. No wonder this field favors the old over the young. A recent study in the Chronicle of Higher Education showed that the oldest college professors tended to have the best teaching evaluations within departments. Why? Because they moved from one intelligence to the other. Crystallized intelligence is where teachers thrive. You, the ancient philosopher Cicero. Cicero believed three things as you age. First is that it should be dedicated to service, not goofing off. Second, our greatest gift later in life is wisdom in which we are learning and we can create a worldview that can enrich others. And third, our natural ability at that point is counsel, mentoring, advising, and teaching others in a way that does not amass worldly rewards of money, power, or prestige. Now, if you are experiencing decline in fluid intelligence, it doesn't mean that you're washed up. It means that it's time for all of us as leaders to jump off the fluid intelligence curve and to jump on the crystallized intelligence curve. Those who fight against time are trying to bend the only curve, the old curve, instead of getting onto the new one. But it's almost impossible to bend, which is why people get so frustrated and usually become unsuccessful the older that they get. So why do people try over and over again to just try to bend the old fluid intelligence curve? Two reasons. First of all, they're not aware that there's a second curve that naturally bends down, and they think that something is wrong with them. And the second is they don't know that another curve exists, and it will take them to a new kind of success and meaning and fulfillment. And even if they do not suspect there's another curve out there, it can be hard and scary to make that jump. It requires the courage and fortitude to make change in our lives and our careers, to become more of a teacher, whatever that means, in one specific, unique, contextual field that you're in. Not everybody wants to do that, and many people refuse. But for those who make the jump, the reward is almost always enormous. Maybe you can think of examples in your own life where people have done that. No matter how you find your passion, Brooks says, early on, pursue it with a white-hot flame dedicating it to the good of the world, but hold your success lightly. Be ready to change as your abilities change as well. Even if your worldly prestige falls, lean into the changes. Remember that every change of circumstances is a chance to grow and learn and create value for other people. And then he ends toward the end of chapter two on the second curve, he says this, devote the back half of your life to serving others with your wisdom. Get old sharing the things that you believe are most important. Excellence is always its own reward, and this is how you can be most excellent as you age. 
Now, I understand that there are people that listen to this who are in their 20s and early 30s, and you're going, man, I'm never going to slow down fluid intelligence. I'm just going to get smarter and more skilled and more competent in my field. (laughs) And that's fine. Pursue that now. But you're going to have to be resilient. I'm in my mid-40s now, and I'm realizing my fluid intelligence is slowing down, and it's easy for me to go, what's wrong with me? What am I doing wrong? I got to work harder to keep up. But one of the things that I really appreciate about Brooks is he's helped me see there's a second curve to move from competence and smarts, raw smarts, to wisdom and passing that on. I think of that Cicero idea of wisdom and service and living beyond yourself and seeing yourself more as a a mentor, an instructor, a teacher, whether capital T or lowercase t. Leaders, wherever you're at, just realize you can't bend the fluid intelligence curve forever. At some point, you're going to have to jump off. And I'm so grateful for Arthur Brooks and his willingness to tease this out to help us understand this further. Again, I highly, highly recommend Arthur Brooks' book, From Strength to Strength, Finding Success, Happiness, and Deep Purpose in the Second Half of Life. Pick it up. I'd be curious to hear what you think about it. Send me an email if you want. My information is in the show notes. But I hope that you found this to be helpful as you think through what does it mean to be resilient over the arc of your entire career. Well, thanks for joining me today. And thanks, as always, to Joel Limbowen, our producer of all Resilient Leaders podcast episodes. You can find out more about what Joel does with podcast and video work, which I've used many, many times at onalimproductions.com, or you can check out the show notes as well. So leaders, be faithful, available, teachable, and hungry. Keep leaning in and learning. And remember, there are two curves. We can't stay on the fluid intelligence curve our entire career. At some point, we're going to have to make the scary leap to move from intelligence to to fluid intelligence to crystallized intelligence and to know you and the world will be better off because of it. Have a great day. 